Hello, Dragon Tamers, and welcome back to another episode of Enter the Dragonair's Den. As always, I am Taco Dog, joined by the legendary professor, Jet Force Gemini. How's your day going, Taco? It's going really well. The sun's out, the weather's beautiful, we are we have a giant gust of wind, but it's not tornado-y, so it makes the bike rides that much easier. And I can finally wear shorts again. <laughs> No, no Darude Sandstorm up there? No, thankfully. Good, 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 good. How's your week been? Pretty great. Looking forward to Cinco de Mayo and just May in general. Yep, I I can get behind you 100% on that. So? But oh. this, this year is also flying by, so I'm also a little shell-shocked that it's already May. I think... But I'm happy about it. <laughs> I think ever since 2020, just kind of is a fever dream at this point we all like to forget about (laughs) all the other years have just been flying by just boom started the year boom it's june boom it's christmas time and yeah it's like new year yep but you know formalities aside if you're new around here we are a pokemon go pvp podcast that deals specializes primarily in the sylph arena factions meta in the lowest tiers from open to bronze. If you're not new around here, I hope you all had a wonderful week, and I hope you all are having a wonderful event that Niantic is currently putting on right now. Yeah, I hope I hope you like your eggs and incubators. You know, as a free-to-play player, or a new a newly free-to-play player after the, I want to say July of 2022, when the boxes kind of went to poopy, I don't really enjoy this event. The only reason why I'm still hatching eggs is because I have a bicycle ride that is five and a half miles. And then another five and a half miles back. So 11 miles a day. You can you can get a, a few eggs hatched in that distance. That is true. The, the 5Ks and the 2Ks are very easy to do. The 10Ks I have to use the entire allotted time. And with my new 3D printer, I'm currently printing a new phone case that's going to mount on my bike because the other one I had broke. Somehow. It broke somehow. Apparently, you can't put, you can't fit it when it has an otter box on it. And I did not trust that enough to just have my, you know, $1,000 phone at the time just, you know, bouncing up and down on every crack or. Uh, pothole because Iowa roads are terrible and don't even get me started on the sidewalks. At least we have Genesect and Mega Caesar, which are easy duos again, so one one more reason not to be too sad that they took away Raid Pass box, but I know I'm <laughs> slightly irked that they are bringing the, the Genesect with the I assume they'll go through the the different drives now with Shiny. It's just like if I didn't need XL, I would be I would be so mad at them. <laughs> well, we are currently in the Master Premier Cup, so you don't necessarily need Legendary XL Candy just yet. I think that's next week, if I'm not mistaken. That's Ultra League. That's true. But anyway. I think that covers all the Niantic news as of late. By the time this episode goes live, everyone will be hopefully getting all their Larvestas and Volcaronas. 
and to be quite oh there's a cleaver raid day on but on the day this episode goes live and it doesn't really look like it's going to be too big of a pvp mon just a dex filler at this point yeah go go get your your shiny scyther looking cleaver back in my day i was a noble in the forest yeah sure grandpa let's get you to bed take these you know eat these bombs and stop going being a frenzy noble also also go fest and mystical fire and that that's it for real <laughs> actually i forgot about that one yeah i was actually correct the day after we recorded go fest information had <laughs> every, gone every live <laughs> every yeah. single time <laughs> but it's okay i plan to go to new york to try to you know meet some people and hopefully if some of the team goes out there and has fun they can we all can finally meet up together yeah don't don't forget about those those city pass add-ons yeah i do kind of think that even though it is a go fest it's pretty much it's kind of a cash grab at this point but you know we play the game because of the communities we built along the way it would be nice if the announcement came with anything about the event to know like content wise if it would be worth it but an announcement is fine i guess it's something honestly I'm actually quite surprised that they have managed to squeeze GoFest in, even though there's Pokemon World in Yokohama earlier in August. But I think I was pleasant. I was pleasantly surprised that they planned around that weekend. The only my only gripe about it is because it's so late in August. That's when kids kind of go back to school, so it kind of shoots them in the foot for traveling and stuff, especially if you have, you know, little little trainers running around. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think it's fair compared to past GoFest that this one feels the most, like, <sighs> the sun's getting real low. <laughs> it's, like, it's like, oh, right, we forgot our biggest event of the year. I guess we still... I guess we need to plan it. Right. They were too busy trying to make sure that Peridot had a good launch, I guess. Whatever that is. Ah, who knows? It'll it'll be gone in two months anyway. It doesn't matter. Yeah, just like Harry Potter and... Yeah, those, that's uh, all the NBA the, All-World. The, pick, the Pikmin, and, yeah, and the NBA and... Yep. I know that Ingress is still a thing just because it was like the legacy AR game. Well, yeah, it's it's just like a backbone, right? Yeah, we have but I know there's a lot of Ingress players that still play. I mean, I play a 20-year-old clicky simulator set in the medieval time known as Old School RuneScape, so there are definitely some holdouts. So what what happened this week in in the Battle Sphere? Yes, yeah, so with that, with all the news out of the way, we definitely are going to jump in to our wrap-ups. And, you know, we couldn't have ha- asked for a better, for a better, what's the word I'm looking for? Quote-unquote Battle of the Undefeateds with Fearsome Frostlass and Zero to Hero Gaming. That game finished 11-10 to 10 in favor of Fearsome Frostlass. So their revenge tour is still, you know, chugging along. 
Roslark Bow puts on a statement win, taking down Sky Attack 17 to 14. Nerdy Birds PvP unfortunately loses to Michigan PvP 11 to 10. Just Top Left and Wicked Weaviles also finish on a 10 to 11 on a 10 to 11 final. There were some staff corrections because if I remember correctly, there was an open dispute at the time. Finally, Weedle Knievel and Team Beginner to Winner Trez unfortunately end in a tie because somebody did not set a lineup. And if you guys know, in the open league in the open league, if you have a tie Wait, wait, it's weirder. There is a lineup. So they just got called on failure to communicate, maybe? Okay. So thank you for fact checking me on that one. Oh, that feels bad. <laughs> it really does, because in somehow, somehow that's worse. Well in the open in the open league or open tier, ties will negative can or overall a negative impacts because you lose out on valuable points, and because there are so many teams, you can kind of get lost amongst the shuffle. Especially with a team like I'll pick on Wheel Knievel because they've only lost one game, if I'm not mistaken. So they're still in the hunt for promotion, but yeah, I it kind of like puts a damper on the rest of them, and it throws the it throws the you know Swiss pairings further out of whack for the later cycles. You know the the sad part, or the funny part about it is, is because Weedle Knievel is the team that we follow. We have to dive into this tie, which I don't think we've ever done before. Well, I mean, I guess <laughs> I guess we can skip ish the the Master League one, which got thrown out basically. But we can, or just look at it look at it first, just super quick. Uh, I, I went and checked, and uh, Pro Shiny Hunter just is using their same team from the week prior. So okay, that that could add some extra legitimacy to the idea that they were just kind of checked out and lost track of time or something. But that could um, be important. So without getting otherwise. I was about getting too into it. Days and Confused brought Omega Agron and Pro, Sh- Pro Shiny Hunter brought Mega Slowbro. So they both did bring Megas, but in this case, the unfortunate part is, you know, it was a failure to communicate, and the first offense is a 2-0. If I remember correctly, the first offense is a 2-0 in favor of who had, quote-unquote, more communication. And it does put a bit of a damper on what otherwise was a very good match from both of these teams. Yeah, the the teams look good. They look properly prepared for the Gengar meta. (laughs) (laughs) Well, alright. So, with the Master League sort of out of the way, once again, I don't want to spend... We don't want to spend too much time on it because it was just 2-0. And don't want to go on what would have been. 
Starting at the top with Juicy Chicken Yo holding down the old the open ultra open Great League spot and going up against Smiley. Juicy Chicken brings Chrysalia, Shadow Swampert, Shadow Lola Ninetales, Hitmonchan, also Shadow, Pidgeot and Umbreon into Metacham, Galarian so, Weezing, Shadow Charizard. We've seen this team before. I know. <laughs> Shadow Charizard, Jellicent, Whiskash, and Umbreon. So right off the bat, the Shadow Alolan Ninetales with Charm has two juicy targets with Metacham and Umbreon. But unlike unlike some of the matchups from last week, at least there are also Charm resists. So now remind me, Galarian Weezing is going to resist Charm because of that Poison type, right? Yeah. Gotcha. So they added two Charm Resists and the Galarian Weezing and the Shadow Charizard. And Shadow Charizard looks like the only one that he, they didn't really want to see would be that Shadow Swampert. So, fun fact, Shadow Charizard beats the Shadow Swampert if if you go, I think it's the two shields. And, six, and just go straight Blast Burn? Or you have to, you know, get a bait down and uh, it's it's largely just because of the mud shots not doing any damage. Gotcha. That makes a lot of sense because you're yeah you're still doing resisted because you have you're super effective but you're double resisted. So, and the laws of yeah, Niantic that translates. It's a, it's a CMP. It's a CMP on that third Dragon Claw slash Hydro Cannon, uh, and Charizard has like ten more attack. Makes sense. Okay, then. So. That's about really the only the only thing that looks interesting in this one. Ready to move on to the Justicar slot? If you got no other last minute thingies? No, I mean that's that's a that's a good breakdown. Okay. So it looks like they had a change up in the in the Justicar slot with Charmanderson, I believe, going onto the bench this time. RJ moves up. Going up, brought up against Matthew Breaker. RJ brings Luxray, Sneasler, Crustle, Scrafty, Shadow Walrein, Komo, and Komo into Matthew's Raikou, Overquill, Cobalion, Scrafty, Charizard, and Galarian Weezing. Can we this just? Is, can this we, is crazy. Can we just take for a second that this is? I think this is the first time we've seen a Sneasler come out to play. Yeah, I don't I don't think we've had a chance to talk about Sneasler at all. So for those that are uninitiated, Sneasler is the evolved form of Hisuian Sneasel. If you haven't played Pokemon Legends Arceus, a game that I highly recommend, you will lose hundreds of hours into it. And it makes the grind enjoyable. But before getting too off topic. In this case, I'm seeing well, for starters, Matthew Breaker did take the sweep over RJ. And that Galarian Weezing looks really, really good. Being mm-hmm. able to beat Scrafty, Komo-O, and... I forget, Galarian Weezing has Play Rough, Overheat, and Brutal Swing. So I think... And, it th- and Sludge, if you're feeling like using a really bad move. <laughs> Look, this isn't go battle league okay i don't think anybody's gonna run sludge right now when you've got 
overheat, brutal swing, play rough, and... What was the other move? I forgot already. I mean, that's that's all the important ones. Okay. That, those are the only ones I'm going to care about then. Yeah. But in this case, you know, Kobalion being able to hit... Looks like it had a field day with being able to hit Crustal, Scrafty, Walrein. I was about to say Sneezer, but Sneezer's a poison fighting type. Like, just Sacred Sword itself, combined with Galarian Weezing, I'm seeing that... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? That success map just kind of written in front of me and then Charizard in the back to j- kind of clean up what Cobalion and Galarian Weezing miss. That's at least how I'm looking at it. Yeah, I think the the trickiest thing for that pair then of Galarian Weezing and Charizard is, is that Luxray. Um, Crustle is alright. Uh, like obviously it's much better into the Charizard, but um, um, yeah, Matthew's Scrafty isn't bad either. Um, yeah, the the, <laughs> the wheezing was just gonna be a lot to deal with, and you you had to just think. RJ had to have zeroed in on that Galarian Weezing and maybe yeah. put too much and maybe had invested too much to allow the other five the other five Pokemon on Matthews to kind of run run rampant. Yeah, so if you if you bring if, if your best answers in the Walrein Luxray, I think, are probably the best into it. Um, yeah, the the fighters then have a decent time. Gotcha. Alrighty, so with just a card taken care of, that is the first sweep. It is now time to move on into the Arcana slot with Flywalker. And Dave forty nine rat or Dav forty nine Raptor. Maybe it was Dave. I'm not entirely sure. A little bit of some leet speak going on. <laughs> Just some Dav. Dav Raptor. Maybe it's. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Dav Raptor. But okay, so Flywalker brings Pelipper, Tyrant, Jump Pluff. Runarigus, Shadow Gyarados, Mew, into... And so Dev brought Shadow Gyarados, Crustal, Defense Form Deoxys, Shadow Shiftry, Kofagrigus, and Jumpluff. I'm actually surprised that Dev did not bring a Tyrant, as it is considered one of the better generalists. But I think with this meta kind of shaping up as much as it has these past six weeks, slash seven weeks, I think we're seeing less and less Tyrant and more and more... You know, Gyarados, Defense Form Deoxys, at least a Tyrant check. Yeah, the well, the DD Uprising has, has certainly been interesting in a Dark and Ghost meta, and it's it's interesting to see Crustle come back. The <laughs> I'm a little sad that Dev did not bring Latios this time because that was that was one of the ones we pointed out a few few weeks back. 
Yeah, Shadow Lapras can do a lot of damage in, considering how Sorry. frail it is. Sorry, not not Lapras, Latios. Oh, I said, La- oh my goodness. You're right, Shadow Latios can do a lot of work if if it gets the opportunity to, even though it's kind of like a Honchkrow, but instead of Honchkrow just being like hitting you hard with charge, charge moves, Latios hits you harder with fast moves. I don't even think yeah. I don't even think Lap- Lapras is allowed in the Arcana field. <laughs> it is it is cool to see at least because Flywalker has been running much less tanky teams that they've kind of added those bulkier picks back for this round. Right. And then and then yeah, the the Mew is in a weird spot whenever you're looking at double grass where you do you do go for the double charge the wild charge flame charge or do you just try to do your best without a way to hit grasses neutral i mean jump left the exception but wild charge hit hits like a regular charge move into it anyway because it's so bulky right but at least in this case you got mew that can the quote-unquote preferred moveset on PV Poke is Surf Wild Charge with Shadow Claw. You can then use you can then use, you know, swap out Surf or even Wild Charge because I'm not seeing a good quote unquote wild charge hit a wild charge target other than the Shadow Gyarados. And with Tyrant, Jump Pl- and Jump Luff and the other Shadow Gyarados on the other side, I would probably say, okay, let how about instead of wild charge they have a different move like say ice beam it could definitely be big if you land it it's not not quite not quite the same dpe like i i would maybe even if you're gonna look at something like ice beam like maybe look at overheat instead oh that's actually that's another move i hadn't thought of either i i only think of these things because i've been hit by them (laughs) i will use you as the resident mew experts (laughs) then i mean definitely not the expert i i know people get get really creative and i think i think i've seen every viable move used the last one i saw i think was a flame charge focus blast combo in open great league dang that's really good it was but la- it was something else. Last thing I want to point out before we move on to the next one is you did mention the the DD uprising. Defense or DD has an interesting move set because even though, you know, the ghosts are going to hit it pretty hard, when it comes to fighting against a dark type, it can still kind of hold its own because it yeah. does have access to coverage moves that can chip if it can't get off its tried and true psycho boost to hit everything else. So I think I think Defense Yoxus is definitely one of those one of those picks that we're seeing later of you know okay there's a lot of dark types in this field but I have access to counter and I can use my my access to Thunderbolt and or Rock Slide heck if people are really feeling brave you don't even need to run Psycho Boost sometimes and you can just use uh, Rock Slide or Thunderbolt to just kind of do away with the competition and then just watch out for those ghost types the the nice thing too if you do go the rock slide thunderbolt route is you can cover both shift tree and pelipper like on top of still 
being able to deal with tyrant. So, yeah, pretty much pretty much anything that's not specifically a ghost, you you can at least chip well and usually give yourself whichever advantage you're looking for. So I get why it's here. It's it's just entertaining when there's an average of you know 1.5 ghosts per team. <laughs> that's true. Okay, so moving on into the next Arcana slot, we had Dubzilla versus Blob Blobna. Dubzilla brings Pelipper, Superior, Tyrant, Runarigas, Jumpluff, and Mew into Cofferigas, Tyrant, Jumpluff, Shadow Gyarados, Ferrothorn, and Pelipper. We do want to point out this is the second sweep in favor of Team Beginner to Winner Trez. And I can kind of see how they were able to kind of pull off a tie, considering their only wins were those sweeps. Sweeps, yeah, sweeps have such a big impact. It's it's tough unless you're you're matching them sweep for sweep. But yeah, when there's when there's two going one way, it it starts to creep up on you pretty fast. True. And in this case, with this second sweep, we do see the Shadow Dragon Breath Gyarados probably coming in to put work in against that Tyrant and still threatening the Aqua Tail on Ruderigus and Crunch on Mew. I'm also seeing, you know, Tyrant, the opposing Tyrant on Blobna's team, if it can, you know, threaten the Ancient Power on Pelipper. And it, it does get access to Crunch, right? Which one? Does Tyrant get access to Crunch? No. Oh. You gotta, you gotta go for boosts, not debuffs. Okay. Right, Dragon Claw Ancient Power. Which is weird because it's the strong jaw Pokemon. Like, yeah. Ty- <laughs> Tyrantrum gets crunch, but. I see. Okay, so I'll kind of tone it back a bit. You also have the Cofferigas <laughs> looking really well into the Runarigas and Mew. And just, I'm kind of seeing Blobna's team is able to cover at least two, po- an average of two Pokemon on Dubzilla's team. Whereas Dubzilla kind of just has a one to one ratio. Is what I'm kind of seeing from these lineups. Yeah, they're you. You had to have some some pretty perfect lineup calls as Dubzilla to get wins in, unless unless you got extra tricky with your Mew. But even even then, there's there's still stuff that can just outlast it, like the the jump. The jump luff on Blobna's team is, is kind of an issue just because it has so much bulk. Right. But okay, so yeah, the two sweeps and then the extra amount of wins is I can kind of see that Weedle Knievel was definitely in the driver's seat on this one and Team Beginner to Winner just kind of did just enough of play to a tie from what I'm seeing. But we also do have to look at the Arcana slots before we dive into the next tier. I was losing my train of thought for a second. <laughs> so in the first Arcana slot, we had Dark Answer. C- Catacomb? Yes. I said Arcana again. We, yeah, we, we we did we did Arcana. Yeah. I was gonna I was gonna let you get over <laughs> the first one, but Arcana Part two, Electric Boogaloo, also known as the Catacomb. We had Dark Answer versus Astro Zombie. The Dark Answer brings two bugs in the form of Galvantula and Beedrill supplemented with two darks with Sableye and Umbreon, and then Chestnut and Frostlass into Astro Zombies, Jumpluff, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, Samurott, Umbreon, and then two darks with Umbreon and Skunk Tank. 
I just want to say that that um that skunk tank definitely had to have flamethrower. It was it, it's too good that you can you can fight four you can get four mons with flamethrower. I think it's also interesting that Dark Answer forewent a rock type completely in in what is usually thought of as kind of a rock central meta because it's almost entirely unresisted, but right. It seems it seems to be working for them. But also on that note, with you know, rock types are a very quote unquote core part. So you're you're either building a team with rock types or you're building a team to counter to counter rock types. And we're kind of seeing two trains of thought or two schools of thought in this one, where Dark Answer brought Chestnut, Frostlass, Beedrill to kind of answer the rock types. I know Beedrill's like, but it's a bug type, but you know, drill run. You kind of see that. And then you have Astro Zombie using, I have a rock, I have a rock type, and I have a skunk tank, which is what I'm going to use to build up my, to build up the counters to the rock types. That's at least how I'm looking at it. Yeah, it's it's just a little tricky for Skun Tank because it's not super fast to those charge moves off the the poison jab, and it has the the double ghost to contend with still. Like it's 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 like a soft counter to Frostlass usually, um, where because it's getting outpaced and all of the damage comes from the crunch <laughs> it's, it's 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 kind of tough for for the skunk but at least into the chestnut and the gal like it's it's a little bit more reliable but yeah the the setup here from from dark answer i i actually like a lot this is you know i'm also kind of checking to see if you know skunk tank can get some new some different moves to help it out it does have access to Night Slash. That's all I got. What? Like in the in the main series games, it has access to Night Slash. I was like, oh, it, I was like, and, not in this and game. it can get and <laughs> in the main series games, it can get Shadow Claw. Niantic, if you're listening, if you give Shadow Claw to Skunk Tank, think about it. Yeah, uh, something. <laughs> I, I I don't know. Um bite in general like i don't know if we've talked about this kind of needs help like it it doesn't really do its job as a quote-unquote heavy fast move damage move anymore like there was a time and there are very specific metas like there were the bite pokemon coming out in in psychic cup but in in general it doesn't doesn't really do that job like the other heavy hitting moves do like razor leaf charm i like your idea but i still want to give it shadow claw <laughs> what happened in the last slot? Okay, <laughs> just like I'm done with this. <laughs> anyway, in the last oh, slot, man, the night slash. I was like, what? <laughs> dude, can you imagine? Okay, for a second, skunk tank with knights with shadow claw and night slash. Even even just night slash would be interesting. Like, uh, I don't I don't think it's enough to make it so crazy that it would be like a problem but it at least gets a little bit more dynamic play especially if you if you land the boost like that's that's some serious damage suddenly i know and i love it this is how my brain works half the time i'll think of it i'll think of a pokemon like what if we give it 
this. But you know, this is not the theory crafting thing. This is this is you know, it's podcast time. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. in the last slot, we had Hasank versus Herm or Hermy Herm one three. Hasank brings the Alolan Muck, Chestnut, Beedrill, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, and Jumpluff into Umbreon, Jumpluff, Tyrant, Sudowoodo, Galvantula, and Frostlass. So Herm definitely brought the brought two rocks, and Hasank brought a rock and three rock counters. I will count Beedrill as a rock counter, at least in this instance. Starting to see some some tyrants showing up in in catacomb too. Okay. Aside from with tyrants' case, aside from Frostlass, what does it really have to fear? That was a very stupid question I just asked because there's a chestnut staring at me on the other side. Yeah, it's it's still doing its job for the most part though, right? As far as just being good neutral damage into most of the meta. Fair. Yeah, I can understand that. And, and then Sims well also, just because of the timings of the charge moves and the fact that it wins most CMP. So I think it's the one shield it wins against Frostlass, where when you look at it, it's like, wait, the dragon beats the Frostlass? <laughs> but it's, it's just because you do enough with the dragon tails and then win that second CMP where it's it's literally a same turn deal though so it it needs to have been lined up perfectly Mm -hmm. well i was also gonna say you know tyrant isn't the first dragon that can beat an ice type our mascot can beat frostlass as well as we saw last cycle a lot yeah that one that one is 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 very familiar it's just because tyrant is, is a little bit more new that people are people are still learning the ins and outs with it right and especially i think the only it's not even a nesting species so you can't just go to a local park and it's there's going to be like 40 of them that pop up it's you're going to get it either through eggs or through rare spawns yeah it seems like weather is is kind of the best way but uh just to pick on what else is what else is actually different between these teams you you have very similar setups aside from Alolan Muck and Umbreon being different dark types. You have Tyrant and Chestnut and then the bugs of Beedrill and Galv. But as, as far as as far as the, the other three are literally the same and then archetype wise, kind of similar. Right. You know, aside from, you know, Hasank went double grass and Hermy went double rock. The, I can't really find a difference between both of these teams. On paper, these look like two evenly balanced teams that in the end, you know, one of these teams had to lose. And it was Hasank's team winning the, the head-to-head on this one. You are in a decent spot as with with Hasank's team to run Rock Throw Sudowoodo and not feel super meme about it. Where you, you get to, to pick on the Galv pick a little bit more that way and same with Frostlass where instead of only winning the zero you you get to be a little bit more dominant there. That's a fair point to make Well Katie then any, I guess I'll kind of pass it it around pass it on back. Any last minute thoughts before we go go into the previews for bout 7? Oh my goodness we're in bout 7 already Golly. Yeah, home, 
home home stretch is is really beginning. Um, I'm just glad that I mean, obviously we'll <laughs> we'll have to see from the preview, but I'm glad that the bracket doesn't seem to have broken at least up at the top. Um, obviously, not looking through all 50 teams to make sure everyone's having a great time. But <laughs> it would be very difficult. At least. Yeah, at least at least up here it looks like the the right teams are still playing each other. Right. Okay. So in bouts for bout seven, we have Fearsome Frostlass going up against Rose Slark Bow. These two teams are very much the heavy hitters of open tier, and it wouldn't it wouldn't be or I wouldn't put this next statement as too hot of a take in saying the winner of this bout will de- will be the team that finishes number one overall. At least that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah. It's well, it's it's looking that way, and we kind of had a little bit of the wobble out of Roslarkbo early again, where round three, yeah, about three was was when they dropped out of the the top spot, but they pulled it back together, and they've they've had convincing wins every every bout since then so right back to the top again that is fair okay so then we also have michigan pvp going up against team beginner twinner trez zero to hero gaming is draws the wicked weaviles and finally nerdy birds pvp draws sky attack so even though we're kind of seeing those two teams that tied still at the very top it's gonna be very hard to see how the the rest of the bracket or the rest of the top standings kind of balance its way out for at the end. So we can only wait and see. Yeah, this is this is really Sky Attack and, and just top left kind of have to make a statement here if they want to secure promoting this into into next season. I was gonna say cycle, but there there are no cycles left. You wouldn't be wrong in saying next cycle, it would just be in a new season. Whatever happens next. <laughs> All right. Time to move on into the iron tier. So, in bout six, we had Grievard Underdogs taking a 15-6 to victory over the Queen Bees. It's unfortunate that the Queen Bees have dropped another game, but in their defense, they have lost to the... <laughs> Never mind, I was about to say something about Inglorious Bastidons, but they're in the middle of the pack. So it's unfortunate the Queen Bees have lost two in a row. I forgot that Gumi University that Gumi University has a tie with Island Guardians. Moving on, we had Dojo Comrades lose to Sub Zero eight to thirteen. Gumi University beats Inglorious Bastidons twelve to nine. Island Guardians beats Testudo Skills twelve to nine. And NMPVP wins another game and defeats the Swell Sprouts eleven to nine. There's a lot of nines this week. And of course, the last one would be based off of staff corrections. Just, just narrowly avoiding that tie. <laughs> hey, it's still first to eleven wins at all. But yeah, there will be a ten ten at some point, sadly. So, diving into the, diving into the Queen Bees and Grievard matchup. Oh boy, we had one, we had two sweeps, and I want to give a special shout out to. Shadow in for taking the lone win in the Justicar field. But first, we have Open Greatly with. <laughs> I was gonna say Ant Man, but it's Adamant. Adamant PvP versus Bowling Bacon. 
And my goodness, that bulk on Adamant's team. They have Lickitung, Umbreon, Shadow Charizard, Surfetched, Shadow Lulon Ninetales, and Cofagrigus into Pelipper, Jellicent, Metacham, Frostlass, Alolan, regular Alolan Ninetales, and Mew. I want to say that Adamant's team outbulked Bowling Bacon's team, but that would be too easy. Well, I, I'm a little sad that Bowling Bacon has run the same team five weeks in a row, but uh, maybe maybe this will shake things up. Like I I don't know. <laughs> I keep I keep hoping like Open Great League is already one where you can't cover everything, and so just like changing up what you're weak to is is just kind of kind of part of the dance and when when you're not participating in changing what you're weak to i think i think you just kind of i i don't i don't know how how you would get to complaining about what other people bring (laughs) you just have to hope and pray that your opponent didn't bring the pokemon you're weak to and then get very sad when they do bring it I guess, but I mean, this this just feels like easy easy fix in a in a team meeting kind of kind of thing, or like just a conversation that needs to happen. Fair, and I was gonna say, look, not everybody has team meetings, as as our guest from Barktown Boomer so eloquently put it. But okay, so Bowling Bacon, I know, I know you're you've run the same team five in a row, and I know it's a team lineup you might be very comfortable with. But we gotta change the teams. We we trust you. We trust you know what you're doing. But please, I want to see a three zero the other way, and I know you can do it. <laughs> yeah, and it starts with catching a team off guard after after this point, right? This is this is it. This is when you, you change it up, and this is this is when you get them. Get to pull the got <laughs> Hold up. What if they're running the same team for five weeks, and then this week, about seven, is when they change it? That's that's what I'm hoping for. Let's let's look at Justin. Okay. So we had Jeff with AJ going up against Shadow. Going up against Shadow. Jeff brings. Oh my goodness! I hate that core already. Walrein, Talonflame, Shadow Machamp, Galarian Slowking, Shadow Skunk Tank, Regular Charizard, into Galarian Slowking. Crustle, Charizard, Cobalion, Drapion, Komomo. Yes, my PTSD from Open Ultra League with Walren and Talonflame running all over the place, paired up with Machamp, is is acting up. And I can't believe they brought an Open Ultra League core into the Justicar field. Crustle looks real good here, though. Is this true? With Smackdown? Yeah, and uh, it was even before we got to Shadowin's team, I was thinking to myself i think this this is the first time we've seen talonflame and charizard on a lineup together where they've they've kind of been interchangeable mostly because of typing reasons but yeah what a what a catch by shadow to have a smackdown user ready for that and then it kind of turns into all right now you just have to play whack-a-mole with shadowed machamp right yeah especially with obviously shadow machamp being the biggest threat to the team like you had said you are, i kind of find it funny or kind of interesting that 
Jeff brings Shadow Skunk Tank, and Shadow brings Drapion. Two Pokemon that kind of fill the same role, just in terms of typing, but Skunk Tank obviously puts more fast move pressure, whereas Drapion can spam out those moves faster. It's just very interesting to see. Yeah, well, and just kind of digging a little deeper, this is Jeff's first foray into Ultra League and Factions. Oh, so, extra impressive for that reason, I would say. And then on Shadow Inside, the five not named Krussel are the same that they've been using. So that was a that was a point swap into this week. So I don't know if it was because the whole team otherwise was looking a little weak to that flying pressure because they had Kyurem last week that it became an easy kind of swap in to catch what they were weak to last time, but great call there. Yep, and the week before that they had Magnezone in that slot. and Yeah, so kind of similar similar role. It, you know, now that you're thinking of it, it's kind of interesting. Their only loss has been when they had something completely different in Bout 1, but using those five Pokemon and then slightly tweaking it has kind of shown that, hey, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Yeah. I wonder what Shadow's going to well, do next it's, week. <laughs> it's, yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to go wrong with that setup. The The only alternate alternative options have been whether or not you bring Shadow versions of Drapion and Charizard, and if, if you're more comfortable with a little bit more bulk, like, that, that it's it's not a bad call in Justicar where HP is is kind of at a premium. Fair. Okay, so then we got to move. It looks like we had just a, a boring staff correction for the Master League, so they just well I know probably had a re probably had a replay of some kind. Well, I know that they also had there was a lot of talk in the I think it was the final day between the captains in these in the tourney in the tourney server or by one of them and then another one kind of chimed in and it was kind of a whole thingy thing we can still jump in on it because the matches look pretty interesting we had chrome pvp and emma five cents squaring off chrome pvp brings dialga zacian mega slowbro excadrill gyarados and mamoswine into gyarados mega scizor ho-oh excadrill hydragon and florges so each team brings a fairy, each team brings Gyarados, because of course they do. I like the Mega Scizor call. Bullet Punch, Night Slash, and Iron Head definitely do a lot of work on this team. And I had to think for a second because I know in the main series games, Scizor gets superpower, but not here. Yeah, big big change reps from both of these teams going into this week also. Right. I wonder if the the mega the master league players first start with what mega they want to bring and then build the team there, or do they build like the outside of the team and work their way in, or they just think mega Gengar's coming? I have to build against that. I think we've seen you have to have you have to dedicate at least a couple slots to being able to deal with mega Gengar if you see it, but yeah, it's it's then what does the best against the most afterwards and I mean just based on points you have some opposite 
team building perspectives happening in this matchup where Dialga, Zacian are, are both high point picks and Mega Slowbro is not points <laughs> versus the, the Mega Slow, Mega Scizor, which is most of Emma's points. So, All right, and following up with the Ho Oh as well, with that incinerate pressure on Excadrill and Mamoswine, and Sacred Fire being able to have a chance at a debuff can definitely swing battles in, in Emma's favor. Yeah, and the Mamo's looking pretty good as well. The biggest issue obviously being that Mega Caesar. Um, and I think that was probably the the piece that came in the most into the games, right? Right. I mean, Dialga's just such a force, especially with being maxed out at level 50, you know, 100% super giga chad bonuses all over the place they can still kind of hold its own against megas yeah so so maybe you go waterfall gyarados just for that reason but yeah the the dialga's not shut down by anything so you can still get your your good chip in off of it and feel like your your points are going to good use but Gotcha, gotcha. That's 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 sort of what I'm wondering is, do you Mega Slowbro just to have a little bit more safety into into the Ho and Florges, possibly at the at the cost of finding out that their Caesar is running Fury Cutter, but I don't know. The the bullet punch pressure is just so handy. It is. It, it really is. And so, good on Chrome for taking a 2-1, albeit don't know what happened. You know, it could have been a rematch, could have been death win scenario. I'm not sure, but I like I like the teams that both of them picked. So, it's Arcana proper time. I'm calling, I'm, I'm renaming the fields. There's Arcana, and then there's fake Arcana. <laughs> <laughs> there's new Arcana and old Arcana. In the Arcana field... We had Ike the Bot going up against Zayme14. The Bot brings Gyarados, Shadow, Drifblim, Shiftry, Ferrothorn, Runarigus, and Crustle into Zayme's Tyrant, Super Size Gorgas, Lorantis, Shiftry, Pelipper, and Crustle. So I'm seeing a bulk problem on Zayme's side. And, you know, Shadow, Dragon Breath, Gyarados definitely did its thing. It had to. It definitely had to stay away from Crustal if it was running Smackdown, which if Crustal ran Smackdown, it could hurt the Gyarados and the Driftblim and hurt the opposing Crustal. So I don't see a reason why either of these teams brought Fury Cutter, especially with Lorantis also having access to Fury Cutter to kind of keep Shiftry in check. I kind of want to chalk this one up to Shadow Gyarados and Driftblim came in and ran roughshod on the team and then Ferrothorn went burr yeah I mean Ferrothorn is, is a good soak here like it, it's still it's gonna lose most of the time to the other grasses but it's 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 not doing nothing uh, and yeah if, if you need to just buy some time, duck out, and save some HP on, on your actual heavy hitters. 
a good option. Right. And actually, I found out Ferrothorn can beat Venusaur if it's running Mirror Shot. I didn't know that until today. Mirror Shot is just so bad. It is. But when you resist all of Venusaur's moves and you can just, you know, beat Venusaur and outpace to Mirror Shot and just, like, chip down, you know, it works. <laughs> it feels bad. Don't feel... Flash Cannon, Flash Cannon definitely hits everything over there for a decent chunk, so, I mean, it's not like it's gutless. Uh... No, and Power Whip definitely... If it's resistant to Power Whip, you can... You can use Flash Cannon still to kind of hit, you know, Gorgas and Lorantis and Shiftry for a lot of damage. Because Power Whip's going to be yep. neutral into Pelipper anyway. Yep. Okay, so now let's move on into the second Arcana slot. We had Chin Channel versus Solar- Solaria. I can't believe I've been saying this name correctly for so long, and I <laughs> I almost messed it up. Chin. Like, oh yeah, I know that one. Look, the Hooked on Phonics has been really helping, okay? <laughs> so we had Chin Channel's Crustle, Shiftreet, Jumpluff, Haunter, Pelipper, and Cofagrigus going up against Solaria's Hunter, Shadow Gyarados, Ferrothorn, Shiftreet, Mew, and Pelipper. I can't believe there's two Haunters in this matchup. I can, because Haunter is the most underrated Pokemon. That's all I'm going to say. The King has returned. And, you know, having access to Ice Punch can definitely help out. Let's see what we got here. So, Chin Channel, the Crustal once again, definitely had to have... Actually, no, in this case, it's not so cut and dry. You have Jump Bluff and Pelipper can zero in on the Shift Tree. Crustal, okay, so Crustal could run Smackdown for Pelipper and Gyarados. And then you can use Jump Bluff or Pelipper to beat up on the Shift Tree. And then Cofagrigus, being as tanky as it can be, can lock down Haunter and Mew. And then the other Shiftry can also do the same. And it'll be a tag team effort for that Ferrothorn. Well, and even if you're running just Jump Bluff Cofagrigus, that gives you kind of a considerable bulk advantage into Solaria's team. Right. But I mean, Jin, like Jin Channel, despite not having Ferrothorn, does have Jump Pluff and Cofagrigus, two of the more bulkier Pokemon in the meta. So, in a War of Attrition, Jin Channel is going to win. And and if you're if you're sneaky with the Shiftry, getting in your your snarls where you can, and there's nothing aside from the opposing Shiftry that resists both the Leaf Blade and the Foul Play. Yeah, that that is fair. But yeah, this is this is another one of those situations where kind of feels like the Mew didn't have anywhere to go, or at least not reliably. Right. But yeah, mostly mostly it's looking like a bulk problem. Double Haunter though, did not expect to see that today. <laughs> Haunter is definitely going to be coming back with with a vengeance. Well, and you were you were talking about Ice Punch, but Sludge Bomb and Shadow Ball can make as much of a difference just until you know its moveset that that attack stat is is truly terrifying. Yeah. Especially like back then, 
you had to decide between is Haunter going to be running Shadow Punch, Shadow Ball, or Sludge Bomb? Pick, pick two. Now you add Ice Punch to the mix, and yeah, all the sets are all four of its moves are viable. I need to now build four Haunters and pick which one I want to bring. I'm just I'm just glad none of them are legacy, so it's it's not like the Gengar issue where okay, well I have to keep whichever legacy move has on this specific Gengar because you know there's like five legacy moves on Gengar. Anyway. I was gonna say, didn't Our- they? I mean, aside, I know Lick is Lick is, a, is has access to. I think they got rid of. The legacy Shadow Claw on Gengar. So you really only have Psychic and Shadow Punch, no? I mean, Lick Lick is still. Oh yeah, and then Dark Pulse and Sludge Wave also. Yeah, there's there's still five. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I didn't even know Gengar had access to that. Exactly. Well, and that's that's the thing, right? Is <laughs> unless unless you knew or like played events where they were part of. the I think it was the raid day they had psychic yeah raid day was psychic and lick yeah raid day was psychic and lick i remember that one because i got my party hat shiny gengar who would know the difference <laughs> i know everybody wanted shadow claw and everyone was trading for it well i'm, I'm sad to say there are no no haunters in, in catacomb well you know they're gonna do it it's the, in catacomb we had Dale Diamond go up against Mama Climbs. Dale Diamond brings Umbreon, Galvantula, Sudowoodo, Samurott, Mandibuzz, and Frostlass into Mama Climbs's Umbreon, Sudowoodo, Samurott, Frostlass, Beedrill, and Lorantis. That Lorantis looks like it had a lot of play. But I'm not seeing a good check for Galvantula other than Frostlass. The one, the one thing that Galv doesn't do well, though, is beat Umbreon, at least in in the one shield. But what if you have Fury Cutter Galvantula and Fury Cutter Lunge Galvantula? Just double down on Bug. <laughs> you, you could do that. That is a thing you can do with the Galv. It is a choice, but I do not recommend it, is what I'm hearing. Yeah, well, especially... When most people are used to Galv being pretty reliable as far as the fast move pressure, like you do trade for more flexibility with the one turn move, but pretty sure that solidifies your loss into the B drill. Uh, you're no longer hitting the frost. You're hitting the frost last for resisted fast move damage. It some some of the I just don't know <laughs> if it would be worth it. The, the samurai you could keep exact track of the energy if you if you're in that heads up but I imagine that that matchup is also worse that makes a lot of sense honestly but you win them CMPs you will never lose CMP if you play the matchup right but okay so the the mandibuzz too I think in this one I would probably make the play make the call that air slash was right move to use just because Beedrill and Lorantis and you already have pretty decent answers to Frostlass with Umbreon and Sudowoodo assuming you know energy advantage and all 
So it, all in all, Dale Dale's team looks very looks more flexible than Mama Climbs' team, which is what I think led to this two one. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm curious if the Lorantis got to play at all. Maybe. <laughs> also, also the Beedrill a little bit. <laughs> Definitely, maybe. But yeah, other, otherwise, you just kind of have the classic Catacomb picks and. Samurai is always good, <laughs> even when it's it's not good. It's still good. True. All right, last slot in catacomb. We had I don't even know how to say that. Cumgimeth Jim Cumgimeth. Yes. <laughs> we have math. Okay, we have maths. Against DeFi E250. <laughs> <laughs> so Mats brought Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Frostlass, Beedrill, Quillfish, and Jumpluff into DeFi E's Sudowoodo, Umbreon, Drapion, Frostlass, Samurott, and Chestnut. Rough time for that Chestnut on DeFi E's team. So both teams bring Sudowoodo, Umbreon, and Frostlass. So what do the last three tell us? Tells us that Jumpluff had a fun day. Actually, I don't even think. I think that might have actually been the call. Because Energy Ball, Acrobatics, hits Sudowoodo, Samurott, Chestnut for a lot of damage. Sudowoodo. I mean, if if Math put Rock Throw on Sudowoodo just for the Frostlass to get a better. To get a better heads up on Frostlass. With you know, pair it with an Umbreon and their own Frostlass. You really only need to watch out for the Drapion, but you still have Quillfish and Beedrill that can do their thing. Yeah, you can you can either use the back half of your team just as pressure. Like you don't want to bring Chestnut and Samurott. Like those those aren't useful here. You're not going to bring them and just bring your, <laughs> your front half of your team and sub in Jumpluff after that first game and kind of actually scare them again like seems seems legitimate but yeah this is this is one where you kind of have to lean into how spooky the matchup feels right alrighty then so that looks like a really a really good wrap up into this 15 to 6 match preview time so we have Grievard Underdogs is still going to be chasing Sub-Zero going up against Dojo Comrades. We have Gumi University, one of the teams that tied, is going to be looking to take a victory from the Queen Bees. Testudo Skills get draws Sub-Zero this time. Sub-Zero will be looking to continue their dominance, where Testudo Skills is going to be looking to rebound from a 9-12 loss. NMPVP draws Inglorious Bastodons. NMPVP is going to be looking to continue their now three game three bout win streak whereas Inglorious Bastodons is kind of up and down and then finally we have Swell Sprouts going up against the Island Guardians maybe Swell, maybe the Swell Sprout team will set a lineup and they can get all as many points as possible for the standings of course, we mentioned Sub-Zero is right on top. Underdogs right behind them. And we have Gumi University, that first tie, taking up the third spot. And 
coincidentally, NMPVP has the fourth has the fourth promotion spot with four victories, with Bastodons and the Queen Bees chasing NM for that final promotion spot. So it's all heating up now, is what it looks like. Ready to move on into our tier jet? Yeah, let's let's see if we can pick out some fun picks. Alrighty. So in bout six for the copper tier, Barktown Boomers and Orlando the Orlando faction went toe to toe. It was down to a last last bout game where the Barktown Boomers were able to pull off an eleven to ten victory to keep their win streak alive. SoCal Swablu San Diego takes a convincing fourteen to seven victory over Busta Mime. Spice is right, and Diener don't care played. Diener don't care put up another seventeen points. We had staff corrections. When did we have staff corrections? Oh, oh, other player on again Donuts opponent didn't put report their matchup, even though it was a three up. I had just noticed that now. Hmm. Interesting. So if you don't, so if you get three would and don't put a zero. The compute the staff will put it in, but then they make a note of it. Yeah, I think it can count against you in the future. So it's 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 better to report your zero. Like, don't don't leave that unreported. Fair. Okay. Where was I? Oh yes, Battle Boys takes a very close win over Pioneer Valley PVP, eleven to ten, and finally, Northeast Valor's Winter Vortex takes a 17-4 victory over the Pokemon Ra- over the Utah Pokemon Rangers, 17-4. So I know we had two 11 to 10s. We already covered the Boomers once, didn't we? Wait, yeah, we did. It was the 11 to 10 with Dinier. Let's do. Actually, I don't even know. Jet, who do you want to do? <laughs> uh. <clears throat> I was just going to look through and see if there were some picks that stood out that we haven't talked about yet today. Would you like to spatter again? I mean, that that was just my understanding of what we do in, in copper. That's fair. Is just, is just pick out like four or five and say, these were fun. So, actually, I was looking at the battle and the battle boys and pioneer matchup. And the only one, the ones that I'm kind of looking at is thanks Obama and 316 Trainer X's team because of that Shadow Dinair and a Wigglytuff that we haven't seen. And then in the Catacomb, we have Mystic Matt brought a Whimsicott, which I don't think we've seen yet. No, well, we, we've talked about it a few times. Like I, I also ran it this, this past week. So. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> it's like, oh, you're running a Whimsicott. I haven't seen that in a while. Ooh, actually, in the SoCal Swablu, on Zach Attack's team, they brought a Melmetal and a, Galer- and a Galarian Zapdos. I thought they were banned. The Galarian Zapdos, at least. Yeah, I don't... <laughs> I don't I don't think you can use that. <laughs> but on Busta Mime's side, the Marco Salazar brought a Guzzlord. Now, now I need the... Alright, we're diving into this one. <laughs> So Zack Attack brings Lantern, Trevenant, Melmetal, Alolan Ninetales, and Shadow Gliscor. Questioning the, we're questioning the legality of the Galarian Zapdos. We'll question it for like maybe a week or two and then 
ignore it. <laughs> Whereas DeMarco... Well, it says they're in the one-point pool, so I guess they lifted that. Okay. I, I'm just so used to seeing them banned everywhere. Because... Kind of surprised they haven't popped up more. Because of quote-unquote accessibility things. Just pop your incense, walk at a brisk pace of four miles per hour, and, you know, go in a straight line. I mean, I know people who... <laughs> Still haven't seen one, despite being pretty good users of their daily incense. So, I mean, okay. there's obviously still luck involved. And then, yeah, the catch rate is awful. So Okay, that's fair. It is a thing, but... I plus failed mine. Pleasantly surprised. Well, it's, <laughs> you're, you're bad for running a plus while you're out using your daily Look, incense. Look, I was riding a bicycle, and I, I did not want to play and ride, okay? I just popped it. And then I go, oh, look, there's... A oh, I plus failed it. Never mind. <laughs> but it's okay, so... Well, it does It does look pretty decent in this matchup, too, which is... Oh, yeah, I gotta go into DeMarco's side. DeMarco brings a Diggersby, Guzzlord, Shadow, Charizard, Pelipper, Registeel, and Chrysalia. And you are absolutely right, because that Galarian Zapdos have ac has access to the best move in the game, or one of the best moves in the game, Counter. Which shreds Diggersby, Guzzlord, and Registeel. It's it's really more about the the new charge moves though, because it has to debuff itself. Yeah, with Close Combat and Brave Bird, I think are the only moves that it gets access to. Looks like it also gets Ancient Power, but most of them that I've seen, oh <laughs> yeah, it's only fast move is Counter. That's unusual. Most of them that I've seen are double nuke, just because the coverage is, is that good. And I mean, it gets stabbed, so it's like an even better surfetched in that regard. It does make a lot of sense there. It kind of astounds me a little bit that Zagatek unfortunately lost with a, a Pokemon like that can be a very powerful addition with Galarian Zapdos and in general you you gotta you gotta see though that his team is is a lot less bulky so he was relying on alignment a lot more of the time mm, okay that makes sense also wanted to shout out Caladad uh, Q on this on the same team for bringing Shadow Dusclops in Arcana Let's talk about it. <laughs> aside from, you know, Cal aside from Dusclops already being a very expensive Pokemon to build, I can say that from experience. Yeah, how about we make it more expensive? Give it a shadow bonus, but, you know, Calidat, if you're listening, I, I kind of want to know, why would you have a shadow Dusclops? Because... Isn't the point of a Dusclops to be incredibly bulky? Yeah, but now you get to be bulky and threatening. <laughs> I guess I guess I can see that. That makes sense. I, I didn't think of it that way. Whoa. Yeah, so you get you get a little bit better pressure out of the the shadow version. Okay. It's kind of gonna sound very like I'm tooting my own horn, but I do kind of want to go back and look at my. Look at my matchup against Impressor, because I thought I was going to lose this matchup. 
Nah. <laughs> it was yeah. It was it was uh, it was definitely a tough one. You had to to come up with some strong strategies and hope that your opponent didn't run certain combinations. It's, well, <laughs> which is always which which never feels like it's not a position that feels good to be in. Well, actually, you know, no, we're gonna talk about it anyway. This is the one time I'll talk about myself on the podcast and my performance. I don't like doing it. I like talking about other people's, but. Impressor brings Runarigas, DD, Pelipper, Venusaur, Shiftry, and Honchkrow. And I have the bright idea of bringing Mew, Shiftry, Dusclops, Ferrothorn, Pelipper, and regular Gyarados. Early on, I realized, oh, they have, they have two Dark types. And I have two Pokemon weak to said Dark types. And I was freaking out, like... Even in, when we were scrimming, I was thinking to myself, like, okay, if he brings the double dark core, I really have to, you know, force an alignment switch or sack a Pokemon or something. And it was during the matchup I realized that Mirror Shot Ferrothorn beats Venusaur. <laughs> and so that was kind of like my, I guess, the trick up my sleeve that I pulled. And during the match I also realized that my I had brought the wrong Dusclops because I had one that was a 98% that was built but the one that I wanted to build I couldn't double move it so it was it was kind of like dead weight per se you were, you were stuck with it better or worse in general I think the thing that actually helped you out a lot was that they had too many good options <laughs> <laughs> so the the best option didn't stick out maybe as much and you had good preparation for all of that and that's where I think this is, I mean this is as good a time as any to talk about how helpful scrimmages are for your particular matchups and, and why they're an important part of factions. Yeah, scrimmages like if you if y'all aren't scrimmaging, you do yourself a disservice in my opinion cuz like you had said had we not scrimmed like an hour and a half to two hours before the matchup, I definitely would have gotten 0-3'd. I will say that until I'm blue in the face because I was I was defeated going into this bat matchup. Yeah, and and that's the the best part is having hands on time gets you out of your head, right? <laughs> the, that that is that is one of the biggest hurdles with sticking with simulations is don't get the the concrete feedback of playing the actual games and just knowing what your worst case scenarios are and <laughs> learning how to play out of them by playing is is a world different from trying to tinker tinker your way through from from one simulation to the next mm-hmm. yeah so that was I'm not gonna lie that I'm, I'm just really glad that 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 week was over because the only the first the first lesson I took from that week was number one, don't lock in a team if you're not a hundred percent on it, and number two, if you are locked in a team if you you don't think is going to do well, you you bug your teammates and you practice as much as you can. So this this win was very much like this was this one was very much a like. My hat's off to you, Jeff, for being an amazing teammate. <laughs> I mean, it's 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 all 
it's literally a team effort right across the board like everyone everyone has some pokemon and luckily like we've, we've been in these metas long enough that usually have have most of the team already built right of course you know me being one of the quote-unquote bench warmers that i like to say is jumping in and kind of learning a meta and then putting a team together and it's like oh what do i do is this good is this not good but you know that's 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 the game of factions in itself but i do want to also look at your team not because like we looked at mine but you had some wild stuff on your team dude it was it was my my one shot my one opportunity. <laughs> so, in your in your spot, you fought against Owen Foy, and you brought Samurott, Umbreon, or no, Owen Foy brought Samurott, Umbreon, Beedrill, Frostlass, Jumpluff, and Barbarical, and you bring Glalie, Pinsir, Whimsicott, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, and Alolan Graveler. I'm gonna give you the microphone and let you talk about like what was this team and how did, how did you do it. Just, just coverage-wise, I've wanted to use Glalie for a while. In, in the One Shield, it's actually got great options into most of the main meta. And then Pinsir, unfortunately, in this particular matchup, was, was not going to be great. But that, that close combat pressure is, is nice. And then Whimsicott was one that I hadn't played yet. And, and that's also part of this point in the cycle is I don't I don't want any of my opponents feeling like they're safe with their picks <laughs> where it's like oh hey they they wouldn't bring whatever it is it's like well actually I've, I've already brought that at some point in the cycle so don't count anything out kind of deal okay and even even if you remove those first three uh, frost last double rock works into almost every catacomb team so they were there if i needed them to like make up for the fact that i got too spicy in the front half of the team but <laughs> yeah because i looked at your team and i just go i'm sorry what because i think you and you and zimmy were just just wilding just wild with your teams like, I loved it. Okay, but Zimmy was wild because he got into that almost perfect mirror match just by chance. It's <laughs> like the only difference is he brought the Shadow Venusaur. Yeah, I, I can see that. But still, it was like, my goodness. Y'all are some wild people. But you know, y'all are the best team a taco could ask for. I'll say it once and I'll say it again. Sometimes you just have to be, you have to do something with your team, get excited about it, kind of maintain focus is how I feel, at least. And that's fair. But with that being said, do you have any other standout teams in the copper before I consider this a, I consider this close? I mean, as a, as a bystander, I'm excited to, to watch Barktown Boomers and SoCal Swablu SD played out this week to officially crown our, our tier champion. Is it bad that I want SoCal Swablu to win just for the sole purpose of if when Barktown Boomers gets promoted into bronze and if we get promoted into bronze, we get Dinair versus Barktown part three? 
no, I don't. I don't think that's that's too greedy. It's it's good to have that spirit of competition. Yeah. And Battle Boys, don't get me wrong. I love you all. You guys, you guys also got promoted with us. I don't know if you all are in in our server, but if you are, come drop in and say hi. We're not that scary. You have beat us twice. <laughs> but that that's kind of fun that we've developed like this friendly rivalry with the boomers. And so I want them to succeed, but I also want to fight them. But I guess that also leads us into a segue for the preview. So let's do the preview. So you, you touched on the, the Boomers and the SoCal matchup. We also have Spice is Right and the Orlando Faction fighting. Battle Boys and Busta Mime are going to be looking to, to kind of kick some butt. And then the teams that had the highest, the highest points last week are going to be fighting this week with Northeast Battlers Winter Vortex and Dinair Don't Care. Utah Pokemon Rangers and Pioneer PvP Pally will be fighting in that last spot. Quick look at the standings show, you know, we had the top two up front. Battle Boys have, and then Battle Boys have the third promotion spot. But right behind them is Dinair, Winter Vortex, and Pioneer Valley. All trying to chase that last promotion spot. Copper's really... Copper's really heating up. Yeah, it'll it'll come down to the last week probably. Right. Okay. Ready to move on into the bronze tier? Yep. Alright. Let's do it. In bronze tier, we have the Mighty Thunder Ducks upsetting Stadium Elite Silver 9 to 12. Sharks and Wreck continue their dominance against the Tap and Turtle Squad 14 to 7. And Synchronoise wins a sweaty against the Ghost Pepper Dunspice 10 to 11. Sea Kingpin just holds on against Bad Mewtwo's 11 to 10. And finally, Sfield Team 6 was able to start another win streak against Battle Club Orlando 17 to 4. If there's anything that sticks out, I did not expect Stadium Elite Silver to lose to the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Yeah, they were rolling right along until last week and that's 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 a couple close rounds in a row right but it just goes to show you that you know the higher the tier the tougher the competition which makes a lot which on paper it's like duh so are we looking at sharks and wreck up yes, here yes we are this is a lot of sweeps it's the name of the game <laughs> so Three sweeps all the way of Shark and Ray. Yep. Okay, okay. So, and then the then then the other teams just got the other play the other teammates just got points. It looks like. But you know, let's start at the top. The Jim Jammer goes up against a City Boy. Jim Jammer brings Toxapex, Umbreon, Scrafty, Shadow Lone, Ninetales, Shadow Charizard, and Chestnut into a City Boy's Shadow Dragonair, Buzzwool, Lantern, Toxapex, Dubwool, and Chrysalia. I kind of just want to say it was all Shadow Dinair, and that was it. <laughs> but on a serious note, the Lantern and Toxapex looks like it had a lot of play. And... Yeah. Yeah, Lantern, pretty safe bring. Um, chestnut... I think Toxapex walls Chestnut. I mean, the Frenzy Plants still hurt. The I'm trying to see, like, how difficult it would have been to bring the the Cress is 
Also pretty big wall to the chestnut. Buzzwool does fine. And obviously, yeah, the, the Dinair... Sh yeah, Sh Shadow Dinair is, is here to stay and open greatly, that's for sure. Yeah, it, it runs unchallenged by almost everyone. You know, you have to watch out for the Shadow Lone Ninetales, especially if they ran Charm, which with a team as bulky as a City Boys, I can kind of see it being kind of forced to run Charm. Well, and the nice thing with the support that this Shadow Dragoner has is is you, if you're going to use it, you pretty well have to plan to send shield to its way, because like, even the winds, you're going to need to shield something probably, or double shield to get switched depending on the situation, where a lot of then the rest of the team is much less reliant on shields. Gotcha. Okay. So that's just, that's, that's nice construction. The surprising thing is just that both of these teams were running Toxapex in the, in the first place. Like that, that's been kind of a niche pick and having, having the lantern next to the Toxapex shows some a little, a little bit more respect for being able to also answer the Toxapex. Mm -hmm. But yeah, Umbreon is 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 okay. Also, like it it doesn't have a fairy to worry about. So it's like yeah, the the buzzle is obviously good into it, and there's plenty of stuff that can hit it for neutral, but can hit right back, which is not all bad. Okay, then. So now let's move on into the Justicar field. We have Timmington going up against Pokegains. Timmington brings Gengar, a Pokemon I just learned have so many has so many legacy moves. <laughs> Shadow Luxray, Galarian Weezing, Charizard, Zekrom, and Scrafty into Pokegains, Shadow Luxray, Drapion, Regice, Charizard, Tentacruel, and Cobalion. Hmm. Aside from Actually, no, you can't even really say that too much, because Zek I think Zekrom beats Charizard in the Justicar field, no? Probably, just because of the wing attack resistance. Like, that probably goes a long way. It does. Just barely. I guess the... Yeah, I guess the, the bigger issue is that Zekrom just doesn't have the cheap fast move... Or, sorry, charge move option that Charizard has. Wait, why would you not run a? Why would you not want to run Fusion Bolt? The Sims say Wild Charge is better. What's the, what's the energy difference? They cost the same energy. Okay, oh. so it, it must be a DPE thing then. Wild Charge three point seven DPE, whereas Fusion Bolt is three point two two DPE. Oh, Fusion Bolt doesn't one shot Charizard. Oh well. Okay, back to back to the fight. So with Wild Charge Zekrom, you can kind of obliterate almost everything. And Dragon Breath, aside from Cobalion, goes unchallenged. Which would let you kinda of have your way with the rest of the team on Pokegain side. Yeah, so you you probably have to use your safe swaps where I'm, I'm wondering about 
align like Cobalion Tentacle Cruel Drapion. Um just to make sure that you can handle it to some extent no matter what you have in. Gotcha. I mean also not wanting to discount anything else, the let's just for funsies think that Gengar brought Psychic. <laughs> for whatever reasons. Generally a worse move. Uh, yeah, there there wouldn't be a reason. <laughs> okay, fine. Gang um mm. I'm just trying to find a decent answer for that Drapion on Pokegain on Pokegain's side, but I'm not seeing one aside from maybe the Scrafty. I, well, the the Zekrom, Charizard, and even the Galarian Weezing are all fine into it. Like it's 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 kind of one of those you have to decide early how many charge moves or like how many shields are you giving you like what is what is your drapeon's job here like are you are you trying to get switch advantage are you trying to get like alignment are you looking for shields because yeah it's it's a little confusing it's it's one of those that's very swiss army knife and ultra like we've talked about but yeah it's it's not like it's it's hard walling anything aside from the gengar okay all right I don't want to wrap my head around it too much or else taco.exe is going to stop working. <laughs> I mean, Red, Red Ice is still a fine pick. Like, it's it's bulky. It has good charge moves. But yeah, I, it's it's one of those where... I think you, you had a good call out with, with Zekrom being a little bit a little bit of an issue. Um so as long as as long as you could handle the the Cobalion response like that that feels pretty good. Okay. Okay, so let's let's go pop over into the Master League for a second cuz there's something interesting in Fresh Fresh versus Gordon the Flash's team aside from their their username Brian. Fresh Fresh does not have a mega. Instead opting to bring Kyogre, Meloetta, Dragonite, Gyarados, Mamoswine, and Excadrill into Gordon's Shadow Swampert, Zekrom, Mega Slowbro, Florges, Zacian, and Ursaluna. I am honestly just surprised that Meloetta is having some play in the Master League. But. I mean. Meloetta has play. It's it's just that question of investment, right? And I think this is the second one I've ever seen. So well, when you think about it as it, well. It, oh, sorry. It takes a lot. True, but I was gonna say when you think about it as well, Meloetta is psychic and normal type. Gengar is a ghost type, so you would resist Gengar Mega Gengar's standard move set. And I'm not well versed in Meloetta's moves, but I think it would have access to Psychic. Yeah, you can Nysok and Dazzle. Hit, hit back for super effective one way or another. Yeah, because you get you have Quick Attack and Confusion, so it depends on what you want to use it for, and then Psyshock, Thunderbolt, Hyper Beam, Dazzling Gleam. Aside from the. What's the word I'm looking for? Aside from the obvious massive investment that it would need, you can. You can do a lot of damage to Gengar. Hmm. This is uh, Gordon's first time in Master League. I mean, again, that's that's super cool to see someone 
out of out of the great league into one of the other higher leagues because man it is it is a big investment <laughs> i i still still don't know about swampert like that how does how does shadow swampert do these days like does it still beat mammoth i assume it so. does its best it's like the the two the two ground types okay yeah it, it can it can help with those but that is comparatively a, a small fraction of the team. <laughs> right. You know, here's the, the really weird part. I'm going back to Meloetta for a second. If Meloetta runs Confusion, you don't even have to shield. You just wall Gengar. If you shield once, you win more. The, the hypothetical Gengar. <laughs> yeah, if it's there. But I know. So, today I learned Meloetta, good, good call. Bring it again. <laughs> no, don't bring it again. But back to this part. You know, Fresh Fat Fash does have a really good look with Kyogre into Shadow Swampert and Ursaluna. At this point, Shadow Swampert's just there as a budget Kyogre pick. It, it definitely helps with the opposing ground types. It's, it's just one of those questions of, does this team need help with ground? Like, I guess the, the Zekrom would, and... Zashin can kind of get shoehorned depending on moveset, but I don't really see a need for Swampert to be on this team because you like, I'll use the Excadrill and the Mamoswine over there as an example with with I would assume Mega Slowbro beats both of them. Yes, because it has access to Surf so you really don't need it like a Mega Swampert other than you want to spam out Hydro Cannon but at the same time, you know, Zacian can take care of Mamoswine and Excadrill because it gets access to close combat. And, you know, Wild Charge is going to do Wild Charge things with Kyogre against Kyogre and or Gyarados. Or, you know, if you wanted to forego one of those moves, you could have Play Rough just for Dragonite and Stab. So I just kind of think on Gordon's team, the Shadow Swampert was a little bit more of a hindrance than a helpfulness. It's, at least it's it's not like it's detracting points because I don't I don't think it actually costs points. Mm. So I mean we we've probably talked about it for too long, but <laughs> just just whenever whenever I've seen it pop pop up, it's just it's just always one of those things where I'm like, did it uh, help? <laughs> just because especially at fifty and with Gyarados and Kyogre. Like, I mean, it could also just be a, one of those situations where it got it got caught in a bad way, where prior teams were a little bit more weak to it. Right. Excuse me. Okay. So, <laughs> man, I keep, I just keep wanting, I just can't find a reason for this swamp, Shadow Swampert, but I'm going to move on because I don't want to get, like, turn it into a Swampert bashing session. <laughs> it, yeah, like like I'm trying to say, the the wins that it does get are convincing enough that that I get it. And but yeah, the the problem is there's there's four other Pokemon that kind of just look at it as food. Right. Okay, so let's move on to the Arcana slot. <laughs> we had W. K. Ronald go up against Z. Zwilus. 
Ronald brings Kafagrigus, Shadow Gyarados, Crustle, Jumpluff, Malamar, Shiftry, and Zwilus brings Kafagrigus, Superior, Pelipper, Shiftry, Shadow Alolan Marowak, and Tyrant. I like the call for the Shadow Alolan Marowak. I don't think this is the right time to bring it. It is at least looking at double grass, <laughs> but yeah, the the problem is one of those grasses is dark, and then there's Malamar, and yeah, the the whole setup is is kind of rough for 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 AWAC. Right, and so kind of looking at this team at this team in general, you know, Pelipper. Well, I'm kind of gonna look at it from Ronald's side. The Shadow Gyarados. Hits every hits everything for neutral or better with Dragon Breath. The Crustle, I'm gonna assume Smackdown because you have Pelipper, Alolan Marowak, and you can hit Tyrant for neutral. You can tell I just really don't like Tyrant because all my my reasoning is just come back to neutralizing Tyrant. Yeah, well, and if we're looking at Alolan Marowak being on the team as kind of a jump bluff deterrent in in particular i think if you're across from it in this particular setup i feel like you're still bringing jump bluff like it's it's still a fine pick into this matchup (coughs) that is true and you know what if for thought sake alola marowak brought hex and fire blast i don't see a reason to bring it but it's there. I... It probably does a little bit better overall with the pecs and the nukes. Um, but yeah, it's it's still it's still going to be pretty rough for, for a little Marowak no matter what. That's true. Okay, so looking around at the rest of it, you got Pelipper into the Jump Pluff and Shiftry, but once again... Crustle, Gyarados, and Kafarigas are definitely going to want to make sure it doesn't come out to play. I don't think Malamar really did anything aside from threaten Tyrant. Well, and I guess I have to retract that statement. Oh lord. Malamar with Psycho Cut and Foul Play able to hit Kafarigas, Alolan Marowak for super effective damage and then threaten the superpower on Shiftry and Tyrant. I think I'm going to... Yeah. Go on. It's it's good it's good pressure. I was gonna say I think I'm gonna chalk this one up to Ronald's team being more, f- what's the word I'm looking for? Flexible, so that you know it was easier for them to get the alignments that were needed. Sound fair? Yeah, the the supporting cast was just a good call here, and I mean it's a two one, so yeah, two ones leave the interpretation a little bit more, but okay. In the next Arcana slot, we had a 3-0 the other way against Quito? Quito? Quito against Gambino Dragon. Quito brings Shiftry, Gyarados, Shadow Honchcrow, Cofagragus, Tyrant, and Defense Form Deoxys into Gambino Dragon's Runarigus, Honchcrow, Tyrant, Mew, Superior, and Jumpluff. I think this is the first sweep we've seen with the superior team like there there have been wins with superior but this is this is like the first 
big win that I recall. Right. Well, with Superior on this case, Superior's looking really good with Tyrant, Gyarados, and Shiftry. I'm going to pretend that Aerial Ace actually does something for the sake of this. And just having access to that Frenzy Plant as well, you can do a lot of damage if left unchecked. But Superior doesn't have to suffer from I'm doing too much syndrome because it has a great supporting cast with the Tyrant. Heck, even the other Honchkrow, the non-Shadow Honchkrow can still come in and either soak some damage and then die or launch a nuke and then die. This is this is one of those where because the Shadow Honchkrow looks so strong, I'm wondering if on Gambino's side you don't just go for an attack weight on your Honchkrow. <laughs> Try to try to just win out through CMP. I was gonna say, do you really need bulk if you're running Shadow Honchkrow though? Well, running Honchkrow Shadow or not, like you've more or less given up the bulk angle. <laughs> <laughs> you 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 know what's happening there, and it is it is not tanking moves. So it's like even even the Leaf Blades hurt that thing quite a bit. Okay. But I, I'm surprised, <laughs> just just based on on the builds. Like this, this does not look like a straightforward sweep to me. There had to be a little bit more finesse, is what I'm gonna say. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, you you look at a lot of the other matchups we've we've talked about so far, and there are the answers that have made the difference before coming up, like the the Gyarados alongside the Tyrant, and Gambino has no Steel-type to soak dragon damage coming in, so it's like, okay, do you have to rely on Jump Bluff to deal with that? Do you throw your own Tyrant at these other dragon things, or like, is it is it all the Runerikus bait game? coming out which feels extra sketchy into it like as as a team that looks like it was a pretty concerted effort to deal with the opposing honchkrow like i i am impressed by this one yeah I, I have no no other words to add to that one it's it's an impressive what these trainers can do week in and week out so that's i think that's the second sweep yeah third sweep and this was this was even a repeat team off of Gambino. So oh, that's that's incredibly rare to do is to win and then win again with the exact same team. Win win better. <laughs> okay, so in the catacomb slot, oh my goodness, what is that thing? Sorry, we had Zero to Hero go up against Garchomp Glory. Zero to Hero brings Umbreon, Frostlass, Galvantula, Barbarical, Chestnut, and Drapion. And Garchomp Glory brings Chestnut, Samurott, Sableye, Frostlass, Sudowoodo, and Incineroar. You're going to make me Google what moves Incineroar has. Oh, I forgot it got Double Kick. It gets Double Kick. I thought I was going with Fire Spin, but it's Fire Fang. But it doesn't... It doesn't fire spin like to its probably benefit so double kick flame charge fire blast all right i think it's very clear to see what happened here incineroar showed up 
and wrecked, turned the entire meta on its head. For starters, there is no counter user on Zero's team. It does have the the other almost counter in cross drop off of Barbarical, and then Chestnut is a proper fighter, but doesn't have a the usual rocks to pick on. There's no rocks to yeah, that's true. I was saying there's no rocks to check and there is except like you said, uh, Barbarical. But for a second, so double it beats it beats Umbreon. It beats Frostlass. It just straight up walls Frostlass. It beats Chestnut. Because not only do you play the mind games of am I gonna nuke or am I gonna get a boost, you get a guaranteed boost on flame charge. So with Incineroar, unfortunately, there's no wasted moves. And I don't like it. I hated Incineroar in BGC, and now I'm going to hate Incineroar in Pokemon Go. Yeah, the double fire charge moves are interesting. Actually, yeah, in this case, you would do double fire, because why would you bring that? Yeah, that that actually gives you enough firepower to <laughs> beat the Umbreon. Do you need a boost? No pun intended. Use the boost to get through. I'm going to take back what I said. Incineroar loses the Umbreon matchup, but not by much. So, as long as you get the shield, you don't need the boost, but you're going to have it anyway. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, the big thing is just that you... I mean, have the fire blast at all? I was gonna say, in, Incineroar wins the two shield. That's it, though. Well, and you you win the zero as soon as you have fire blast, also. But it's 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 a brand new challenger. I don't like it. That one's fun. That one's that one's fun to see. Oh, I'm running with dark. I don't like it. Don't like it. <laughs> I said what I said. I was also looking at it with not running double fire for that extra firepower, like you said. I, I don't like it. Incineroar, go, go, go. What's the word? Go torture VGC, please. Yeah, it's it's biding its time because it's still not into the new game. Well, it will be in the DLC when because they already came out with Decidueye, which means it's gonna, it's in the game code. It's in the code. But anyway, last last. Pokemon. Or last matchup, excuse me. We had Mer Meruc Mercurio? Mercurial. Mercurial Flare and MX Champ. Flare brought Frostlass, Sudowoodo, Galvantula, Samurott, Jumpluff, and Umbreon. And MX brings Frostlass, Barbarical, Sudowoodo, Beedrill, Cradley, and Jumpluff. So in this one, both players bring a Frostlass, they bring a Pseudowoodo, and a Jump Club. And then the similarities stop there. So let's figure out why. So Cradley can beat Galvantula and Samurott. And, well, does it beat Pseudowoodo? I think it can be. Doesn't say, which means it looks like it's close. Yeah, Cradley is one of those that's 
It can. Kind of iffy. It can be. Boom, yeah. But not by much. Where even even in a lot of its winning matchups, like you you mentioned Calvangelo, like it's taking super effective from the lunge. Uh, or, yeah, the and that's why the Samurai is not a win, at least in even energy, because that thing just gets to move so fast and that Megahorn is still super effective. It's weird, though, because I thought Lunge would be neutral because I thought, and this is me messing up my type matchups again, Bug is super effective against Grass, but isn't Bug resisted by Rock? Or the other way around, but rock resists bug. Are you are you asking a question, or are you solidifying in your in your brain that does not in fact? I, I'm asking a bug. question because I I legitimately <laughs> I legitimately don't know because like for me, when I watch like what's the word when I watch Ariados just unleash a mega horn just randomly on a on a rock and I go haha that's not really gonna work and then it chunks it for more health than I thought it was gonna do I go oh. I was wrong, but yeah, I, I re- legitimately do not know. Yeah, so that's that's one of weird type matchup things where the rock is super effective into the bug, but it doesn't resist bug. That's so weird. I hate it. Yeah, there's there's a few like that that are like uncomfortable for the brain sometimes. Make head go burr. <laughs> but yeah, overall, Cradilly is is in a kind of precarious position in catacomb in general uh i'm i'm impressed that it's coming coming at least coming out a game ahead in this particular one yeah (laughs) i'm like i'm liking that too but it kind of makes me need to rethink why like my statement on cradley beats galvantula and samurai really well to which i'm gonna say cradley I know beats the Sudowoodo. It can beat the Samurai. Jump plus. Well, it's 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 softening it's softening up most things, right? That's that's kind of the nicest thing about it is you're you're only really shielding the Samurai in the first place as soon as it is threatening the Megahorn. Like you don't need to even shield the neutral Hydro Cannon. So there there is finesse there and you do win the zero just because of that where you get to the grass knot before they would get to the mega horn okay that makes a lot more sense now so yeah the this it's a, it's an interesting pokemon and beedrill is is pretty okay here but yeah i, I want to focus more just on how the cradle frost last kind of is is the combo to watch in this particular meta in general? It's really weird because the more teams we're kind of seeing, a lot of them are running Frostlass and Sudowoodo, but I guess there's more quote unquote flexibility for Frostlass and Cradley because they cover each other's weaknesses really well. It's definitely going to be something. To it's watch. it's a the combo we've seen before. That's a, it's still an interesting that we see both Sudowoodo and Cradley here. Well, and Barbarical, so it's a triple rock. But that just leaves you so open to grass and water, which we're currently seeing on the other team. Yep. Make brain hurt. <laughs> At least from the perspective of 
jump left, like the the grass damage isn't as immediately problematic. Okay. Because it's just like okay, worst. I mean, and at this point, no one's running bullet seed, so it's it's really just the the energy ball. Yeah. Or in the in the case of Cradilly, the stone edge acrobatics. Oh. <laughs> Excuse me. Well, alrighty then. So with that wrap up out of the way, it's now time to preview bout seven. Stadium Elite Silver is going to be looking to end their two game losing streak against. Tap and Turtle Squad, a team that is also on a two-game losing streak. Ghost Pepper Dunspice is going to be looking to rebound against the Mighty Thunder Ducks. Sea Kingpin draws Sharks and Wreck. And once again, Sharks and Wreck. Sharks and Wreck is going to be looking to continue their dominance against Sea Kingpin. Let's see if let's see if the dominant Sea Kingpin shows up to this one. Battle Club Orlando is going to be fighting N Synchronoise. Battle Club Orlando is going to be looking to rebound after I think they're on a three game losing streak six okay they're they're looking for their first win I could have just said that Battle Club Orlando will be looking for their first win and then End Synchronoise is going to be looking to build the momentum off of Ghost Pepper Dunspice and finally Sfield Team 6 is going to be looking to continue their win streak against Bad Mewtwo's. Bad Mewtwo's has kind of been up and down since the break had started, actually since before the break had started, but all in all, it's going to be a really good matchup, really good couple of matchups in bronze tier. Man, finally, finally getting down to the last few, the last few bouts, and then it'll be the end of, it'll be the end of the season and I don't really know what happens after that. <laughs> we have something planned. A well, well, well-deserved rest for all the teams, but the ones that are going to be fighting in the Silks King of the Hill, while the World Championships are going on, is going to be one to watch as well. But we don't have to worry about that for another three-ish weeks. So anyway, with all the wrap-ups taken care of, it is now time that we. Have to say goodbye, sadly. So, with all of that being said, just want to let everybody know to always keep your dragon fangs sharp, stay away from those ice types, fairy types are a definite no go, and until next time, we will see you all in our next episode. I, I hope I hope you have another fun week this week, Taco.